The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Welcome to the Friday edition of Passion where just about anything goes. Uh, coming up after 10.15, I'll share with you some sex in the news, uh, some recent research. Uh, do opposites attract and do they last more than couples that are more similar? And reasons why women and men cheat, especially during the pandemic, some research on that. And the top 12 relationship problems that could lead to divorce. All that and more. But first... Calling's not the only way to connect. The inbox is easy and always open at 514-800. You can always email me as well to laurie at drlaurie.com or if you want to talk on the phone, uh, talk on the air, 514-790-0800. Of every show, I try to get to as many questions as I can, and on Tuesday, spend the whole night doing that. So you can send me your questions anytime during the week and sure to get to it at some point. Good morning, Dr. Lori. I thought I would take a few minutes during my lunch to message you. The Baby Boomer Show was interesting and brought back a lot of nice memories. I think most boomers would agree with everything mentioned and the music was an important part and strange as that may sound. My husband and I listened to a lot of Motown from the 70s and 80s and our teenage daughter loves it. Uh, walking down the street with our hands in each other's pocket, I forgot all about that and you do not see it today. Every week there was a different concert at the Montreal Forum, Santana, Beach Boys, Genesis, yes, BTO, the list goes on. Oh, does that bring me back? Great variety and styles for everyone. Remember the term psychedelic rock? Oh, yes. Uh, thank you for the flashback and good conversation. It's. I love going down memory lane sometimes. You, we forget. We get so, so, you know, with all the hustle and bustle of everyday life, like we don't take the time to just, ah, sometimes nostalgia, a little dose of nostalgia does us a little bit of good, right? Today, one of my drivers called in sick, and I've been on the road from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m., and we'll have to get out on the road again at 8.30 until midnight. Oof, that's a long day. But I've been, like old times, listening to your show, driving my truck. Have to check emails and do my schedule for tonight. Thought I would message you a thank you on behalf of my wife and I. We enjoyed the Baby Boomer show last night, as we always do, and my wife and I envy Baby Boomers. The music, the long hair, the groovy scene. <laughs> groovy, that was a word. Uh, seemed to be very special and interesting. Some time ago, we watched the Woodstock film. We thought it was crazy, but it really happened. We are millennials, and we think that social media has, has destroyed what boomers took for granted. Music today is just not what you had. I remember at high school dances, everyone danced when they played a disco tune, and disco was 10 years before I was born, and it is still popular today at dances. Um, thank you for the fun and interesting show. <laughs> it's fun. Hey, Dr. Lori, I hope you took some time and enjoyed this beautiful day. I I went outside the first time I took a little breath of fresh air was around 6 o'clock because I worked all day and I was like, oh, it's so nice out. It's warm. Took a walk to the mailbox and back. That's about as far as I got. Um, I'm sure a lot of people are, are in the same boat getting out of the house and uh, we need to be more conscious of doing that actually. 
our butts in front of a computer all day. It's not so good for the health, physical health or mental health, really. Doctor, no opinion on anything tonight, but I find your show soothes my nerves. That's so nice to hear. I'm glad that we can be a little bit of, of help. Here's a question. When we first met, my wife and I, we were explosive. More her than me, honestly. She would want to get going up to three times a day, even more if I let her, which is surprising because I was wondering when she was going to be too sore to go on with sex because I was getting tanked out. Woo. Anyway, as you can imagine, little man was born a year ago, so I had a baby, and ever since then, nothing. It wasn't even a downward spiral. It was a nosedive at 200 miles per hour straight to the ground. My wife is 26 years old. 26. She's at her peak. She went to the doctor. They took her off the depot shop, but put her on the pill and some antidepressant. Oh, there's your culprit. I've asked her what's wrong, and she says, mentally, I want it like I could totally jump you right now but it's my vagina it says the opposite but then she says things like well maybe it's the pills and the the bills and the stress and once you finish school start making money yada yada she has at least five more other excuses now i've even asked her if it was me i asked her where her emotions are at during sex she said that i hit her g-spot a few times it feels good but then i miss it but all around she enjoys the sex i said okay well why don't we just take you off all the medication and she doesn't like the idea but she's prepared to do so if need be in her last attempt to stay on it she said well you know if i still give it to you when i can but every time we have sex now there's nothing there no fire no spark it's like i'm having sex with a lifeless body that can oh and ah every once in a while and one last thing she said that she could see the hottest guy in the world right in front of her or on tv and feel nothing all right whatever fair enough so what's the problem I just don't get it. How does a person go from what seemed to be a sex addict to this? Whatever it is, I don't know. Please help. I don't find this situation all that difficult to uh, comprehend, especially after a woman has had a baby, especially if she's breastfeeding. It's typical for desire uh, to tank. So first of all, with a baby, a woman can be completely depleted exhausted and fatigue is the number one killer of desire but it's usually temporary temporary not meaning weeks sometimes it could be months Uh, the pill and antidepressants also can reduce especially the antidepressants can reduce libido significantly that's a big factor in that so um and it may also reduce the ability to climax which might explain why she's not feeling it in in the same way so antidepressants have can have an impact on many levels of the uh, sexual response cycle so that's something that she can talk to um, her doctor about but is she on the antidepressants for postpartum depression if that's the case maybe not such a good idea to go off them right now uh, i would say to you be patient it's um this is not about you she has said it's not about you please believe her but you have to give her some loving care and attention some uh, affection all of that is what she really uh, needs and just because she doesn't get as horny doesn't mean she isn't enjoying it to at least some degree so if she wants to keep having sex Keep trying and get her aroused, but make sure you keep your expectations for all the sparks flying like you had at the beginning 
to a minimum because that may not uh, come back. It's never the same as in the beginning of a relationship. So remember that sex, sexual frequency libido rarely stays stable over the course of a lifetime, especially in a woman. It does have ebbs and flows and putting pressure on your partner can make it worse. So I would say that patience and compassion in this case is key. And as a texter writes in, be patient. Antidepressants lowers uh, libido. She will rebound. So that's uh, important to, to recognize. Passion with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. A little bit of everything tonight to 514-800 if you want to participate, as this texter says. Hi, Dr. Lori. It was a beautiful day, all right. Nice that folks are happily and appreciatively writing in. I got to listen to that latest Boomer Show episode that I missed by falling asleep early. And yes, I hope that guy can let things fall back into place with his new mom wife with her sexual desire for him. Uh, By the way, if you have missed past shows, they all the podcasts are either on the iHeart app, if you go to the CJD page, or they're on my website at uh, com, D-R-L-A-U-R-I-E.com, and you click on the Passion Radio tab, and then you will find them all there. If you have SoundCloud, they're on SoundCloud as well, so they are pretty much uh, available all over the place. I wanted to remind you, before I get into some of the newest uh, research on sexuality, is that I told you about a, a, a free a full-day seminar. It's taking place tomorrow. It's online. Uh, Sherry Winston, who is a, a sex educator, a colleague of mine, is putting it together. It's called the Happy, Healthy, Sexy Marriage, a one-day online forum featuring interviews with nine renowned relationship, happiness, and intimacy experts as well. So this is great if you're a couple who wants to have better sexual communication. This is uh, would be a wonderful opportunity. That's taking place tomorrow. So uh, you just need to go to her website, which is um, intimatearts.center.com. So intimatearts.center, C-E-N-T-E-R.com and sign, you just have to sign up and then uh, you'll be able to join in uh, online, which is, which is great. So that, uh, that would be fun. Okay, does similarity matter in relationships? So people tend to think that having a partner who is similar is important for relationship success. But some people on the other side argue that opposites attract. So which is it? Is one more truthful than the other? So just because partners tend to be similar does not mean that more similar couples are in more satisfying relationships or that their relationships last longer. Perhaps dissimilar partners are less common, but just as satisfied and successful. This author, uh, Dr. Amy Gordon, writes, What we know about similarity and relationship success is that similarity can matter, but it looks like it's about values and background more than 
personality. Researchers have shown that similarity in couples tends to be more about shared values and backgrounds, such as their social class and religion, and these are the factors that appear to predict relationship success. Couples with more similar attitudes, values, and backgrounds tend to experience more lasting satisfaction, companionship, intimacy, and love, and are less likely to break up. Similarity of personality, on the other hand, does not appear to matter as much. So it's not about the personality. You don't have to be like two extroverts, for example, or two introverts. It's much more about other things. While some research found that people report being most attracted to others with similar personalities, similar personalities did not strongly predict relationship outcomes. Texter writes in Dr. Lori, I'm, uh, it says 835 year old man. I'm assuming you either mean 83 years old or 35 years old or 85 years old. <laughs> I'm not sure. So you might want to correct that. My question to you is the following. When I ejaculate, I immediately lose my erection. Is that, does this happen to most men or are some of them able to maintain their erection for several minutes after ejaculation during intercourse? So that will depend whether you are 835 years old, 83 years old, 85 years old, or 35 years old. It is typically common. The older you get, the more of a refractory period you need, meaning the recovery period to get another erection, another ejaculation, etc. So yes, when you're younger, you can go and keep that erection for a very long time or resume your erection very quickly. And as you get older, that ability just tends to, uh, to diminish. So that's just a, a fact of life. Like there's really not much uh, you can do. I wouldn't recommend uh, an erectile dysfunction drug unless you have an erectile dysfunction. Some people use like things like Viagra recreationally to have like longer lasting erections, but I'm not sure I would want to, it, it's certainly not recommended to take it recreationally unless you have an actual, uh, an actual issue. So good question, but again, <laughs> I have no idea how old you are. Okay, the top reasons women cheat on their partners revealed here. So again, take with a grain of salt because some of these uh, studies, they, they really are surveys and they, I mean, look, th this one comes from illicitencounters.com. So like an Ashley Madison, same kind of thing. Uh, so they uh, started looking at this. They surveyed 2,000 people. And what they found was that boredom was the most common reason behind women being unfaithful, followed by growing apart over the lockdown. Uh, they, these uh, findings from illicitencounters.com revealed that reconnecting with an old flame on social media was named as the next most common factor behind a breakup, followed by changing as a person. And making up the top five was another common excuse, being drunk. What, you sign up for that kind of service? 
because you're drunk. That sounds a little weird to me. Uh, the reasons why men cheat were different with guys naming lack of sex as the top factor behind looking elsewhere, but they were on the same page as women for the second reason with boredom over lockdown also playing a part in them uh, cheating. In third spot was men believing they're too young to settle down while a one night stand was in fourth spot. In fifth place was men seeing their mate cheat and thinking they were also missing out on some side action. The study also found that women first cheat three and a half years after they get married. Men seem to last a little longer in the relationship with their eye only wandering after three years and 10 months. Interesting. Uh, this trend has been going on for several years and it has been accelerated by COVID. Life's too short to be, they say, too short to be stuck in a dull relationship where there's a little conversation and the sex is the same every time. She explained that people are sticking with their partners because they cannot afford to move, but then getting fresh excitement by having discreet affairs. We expect the time when people first cheat to come down even faster over the next few years as unhappy partners increasingly live for the moment without thinking about the consequences. That's pretty sad, pretty sad that people don't think about uh, the consequences. But there's more. There's a yet uh, another study, a, a new research titled Love Beyond Lockdown, which uh, also conducted by uh, Ashley Madison. So both of these people did research, which I will definitely uh, share with you. Cheaters confess why they've had secret affairs during the pandemic. So we will talk about that and the whole meaning of self-care. Uh, but first, our passion poet weighs in. The weekend is here. Get out and enjoy the day. Snow will be falling soon. Indoors more, we will stay. The temperature will get cold. We'll, winter will take its toll, but we will always have Lori to keep things warm. Aw, thank you. Uh, so coming up, we'll talk about another study on cheating, especially during the pandemic, giving reasons as to why it is happening, especially now. So lots and lots of data to see, again, grain of salt. It's coming from you know where. So it's not, um, it, it isn't representative of the general population or people who do not join these sites to cheat. Maybe they have particular personalities or, or what have you. So we can uh, certainly talk about that. And of course, your stupid sex story of the day, which made the news absolutely everywhere. From the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. So what happened this week that was quite stupid, frankly? A headline, Jeffrey Tubin can't be the only person masturbating on work Zoom calls. Really? Do you know anybody else who's done that? Have you? Uh, share anonymously, of course. Uh, earlier this week, Vice reported that writer and CNN legal analyst Jeffrey Tubin had been suspended by the New Yorker for masturbating on a Zoom call that took place last week between New Yorker staffers and WNYC. According to Vice, the call was an election simulation featuring many of the New Yorker's biggest stars. 
At one point, uh, Tubin seemingly joined a secondary call, lowered his camera toward his penis, and allegedly uh, started uh, playing with himself. He left the call and then later returned, apparently unaware that colleagues caught the whole thing. Tubin uh, told Motherboard that he didn't know he was visible on the call while allegedly, uh, you know, doing his thing. So what do you think? Like this writer, uh, Sketchy Cool, writes, but as our home lives and our work lives have fused more and more, it was inevitable that the cracks in our professional demeanors would start to show. The slow ebb of our professionalism is becoming visible in a hundred little ways. Bringing our pets to work calls, showing up in loungewear and no makeup, chewing on stale bread mindlessly during quarterly reports. Do we work from home or do we live at the office? Whatever the case, it was inevitable that someone might slip and let their colleagues witness them at their most primal, hunched over their wiener, choking it frenetically, hoping their colleagues can't see them at their most crude. Will the tape of this event, presumably recorded by WNYC, one day be released? Oi, <laughs> that's all I can say. Oi. Uh, I wonder if there was someone on the Zoom call that he was thinking about while masturbating. It sounds like he was on a call, like a secondary call, so there might have been someone else. I, I'm not sure. It didn't didn't quite uh, make sure. I was wondering if the Jeffrey Steuben uh, story, screw up, would make it to the super se- stupid sex story headlines. You betcha. That's as stupid as... It gets. Uh, wow, sounds like boredom generally is more of a cheating reason than boredom due to lockdown. Though the lockdown sure might bring already existing stress in those guys' relationships more to the forefront. It's not just guys, it's women too. Another texter, Dr. Lori, quoting John Cleese in Cheers, Sam, the only thing opposites attract is divorce. Uh, I'm not quite sure about that, but it does uh, require some work. And refractory period after guy's ejaculation. It does get longer as we age, but hey, hopefully the intimate encounter with their partner is multidimensional enough that a constant erection is not the only thing needed to keep things going. You are absolutely right. Okay, so Uh, Cheating during the coronavirus. So more than 80,000 Australians, so this is out of, uh, this is the Daily Mail for Australia, have signed up to infidelity website Ashley Madison between January and September with an average of over 300 signing up per day. So that's only in Australia. I have no idea what's going on here, but nonetheless. Uh, So new research titled Love Beyond Lockdown, conducted by Ashley Madison, found cheaters are deeming an affair as a way to save their marriage. Of course, we we had on uh, early in the week, I think it was this week, someone who had uh, actually interviewed a bunch of people and wrote a book about this. But anyway, this is what they uh, released, okay? Uh, Despite an increase in divorce filings reported around the world as a result of global lockdown, the data found ending a marriage was the last thing on the members' mind. In fact, a whopping 92% of members disagreed with or aren't even considering the statement, I will file for divorce following social distancing and their infidelity is to thank for that. So that's not happening. Historically, we know our members, our members aren't interested in exiting their marriage and 
and we found that the same can be said even now when tensions are higher than normal and divorces seem plentiful. We conducted this research to learn more about what an affair, whether virtual or in person, during a pandemic means to the people having one and to show that marriages can actually survive in this kind of environment. The report found unfaithful people don't turn to their partners in times of uncertainty and stress. They look outside of their uh, marriage. During lockdown, married people report feelings of boredom, 49% of them, isolation and loneliness, 30%, frustration and anger, 29%, worry and fear, 24%, and anxiety and overwhelm at 24%. Cheaters have come to learn that having an affair during a pandemic is something to look forward to, 34% said that, 23% said it was a great distraction. Uh, 14% said that they have someone, it means that they have someone in a similar situation they can talk to. The findings uncovered cheating during lockdown made 47% of members feel sexual, 40% feeling excited, and 44% desired. But the benefits run deeper than just feeling sexy. Up to 32% of members felt appreciated, 30% feel relaxed, 28% feel confident, and 19% feel acknowledged. Nowhere do they ask about guilt. (laughs) Nowhere. While most members cheat primarily for sex, others reap the additionally personally therapeutic benefits, which are especially helpful during this situation and can make them more patient and tolerant of their situation at home. When asked to share their biggest pet peeves while stuck at home, 58% of members said their spouse has not initiated any sort of sexual intimacy during lockdown. Unsurprisingly then, 75% of cheaters are having less sex than usual or no sex at all with their spouse, and 41% have become less attracted to them. For 53% of members, lockdown has been the most time they've ever spent with their primary partner, and not having their sexual needs met at home is the reason 64% have been having affairs during the uh, pandemic. Wow. Just wow. A texter writes in with the uh, Jeffrey Tubin situation. I don't think he should be fired. He didn't do a crime. It is normal behavior to masturbate. It is, but it is inappropriate behavior during a work call. And if he had done that at the office, he might have been fired. So here's the thing. Most of us are now working from home. And do we treat our home like the office or our home like the home? And then we bring it to the office like... We have to, like, this is a whole new era for people, and we need to adjust accordingly. And what are the boundaries and rules for working from home? We need to have, like, the, the, the guide, some, some kind of etiquette guide to teach us this, because this is really unprecedented right now. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Petito. Here's a funny text. I once Skyped with my sister who lives in Toronto. I said goodbye and I clicked minimize instead of close. She left her end open. I went and took a shower. 
Then I went to get my cell nude in my home office. My sister yelled at me. I freaked. Lesson learned. Make sure you close apps on PC. <laughs> uh, and that might, who knows what happened. Something happened with <clears throat> with uh, Jeffrey Tubin clearly. And maybe he thought he had minimized uh, his screen or had not put him, uh, who knows, who the hell knows, right? All right, new research published in the Journal of Sexual Medicine, which is the first of its kind, has shed light on the biological effects of experiencing a BDSM interaction, bondage, uh, discipline, sadomasochism, or... um, submission uh, domination. Uh, The findings provide preliminary evidence that power exchanges between consensual partners result in measurable changes in biomarkers related to reward and stress. In the study, they uh, recruited 35 BDSM couples through FetLife uh, who visited a sex club. They were instructed to play with their partner for 30 to 90 minutes And then they uh, had to submit to blood samples uh, before, immediately after, and 15 minutes after their play session. And they compared that with a group of people who were not involved in BDSM, but were visiting a sports club instead. Uh, And then they analyzed the blood samples to check hormone levels. The researchers found that levels of cortisol the stress hormone, increased in submissive BDSM partners, but not the dominant partners, as a result of the play. They say the findings confirm our hypothesis that a BDSM interaction seems to elicit a stress response from the body. They also say it is a clear indication that a BDSM interaction in general and pain experience within this interaction specifically elicits a biological pleasure response in the submissive party. Dominance, on the other hand, seem to derive more pleasure from the aspect of power play and the control they have over the submissive person. I guess we knew all that. They just confirmed it with blood samples. And they go on to say, even though the idea of including power imbalances and and pain in sexual intimacy is something many people struggle with, enjoying these practices has a biological basis and could, for instance, be compared to the pleasurable high that long-distance runners experience. And as you know, there are plenty of people who can't stand to run. So they don't get that runner's high. The running causes more stress. So the same would could be said about people who don't engage in BDSM, who don't like that, right? Last but not least, I want to talk about men faking their orgasms. New research suggests that men fake orgasms in one out of four sexual encounters. That sounds rather high, but nonetheless, if you think it's only a woman thing, think again. Uh, So, Interestingly, this is a a report by uh, a Dr. Brogard who says women's orgasms are not typically associated with external signs that cannot be feigned. While some women ejaculate during orgasms, most do not. The internal signs of female orgasm are largely controllable too. Women can control the muscles in their vagina by the way, which enables them to simulate an orgasm internally as well as externally. So it could be pretty easy, basically, for women to uh, fake it. Men's orgasms, though, are typically uh, very visible. And what is the sign 
of male orgasm? The ejaculation. How can an ejaculation be faked? It cannot, right? But research on men feigning orgasm is sparse. Only a couple of studies have looked specifically at this question. So in one study, they found that nearly 30% of the male participants reported faking orgasms compared to 67% of the female participants. While most reported faking it during penile vaginal intercourse, some reported faking it during oral sex, manual stimulation, or Zoom sex. I have no idea how you can fake it with oral sex, but or manual for that matter, but... Uh, let's see. So the participants in the study were also asked why they faked it. And the answer was common to both men and women. They wanted it to be over with, didn't want to hurt their lover's feelings or wanted to create the impression that their partner was able to please them. Another study, a 2016 study, a Canadian study with a, a very uh, uh, a friend and colleague, Dr. Robin Milhausen, also wanted to find out the extent to which men faked uh, orgasms. So they looked at men 18, between 18 and uh, 29 who reported having pretended orgasm with their current sexual partner at least once. Then they asked them to fill out a questionnaire about their orgasm faked orgasms. The participants reported faking it in about one out of four of their sexual encounters with their current partner, mostly during penile vaginal or penile rectal intercourse. Neither study offered any insight into how men are able to uh, fake them, but uh, in, in which way. But presumably, it comes down to the fact that the amount of semen during ejaculation varies tremendously across individuals and the time of the sexual encounter. But of course, with a condom, it might be easier to fake it as well, right? I think. Uh, regardless of how men get away with pretending to have an orgasm, the truth is that they do. It's regrettable that so many men and women apparently feel pressured into putting on these kinds of theatrical acts during what should be some of the most intimate and pleasurable experiences of their lives. Hopefully bringing awareness to the fact that guys fake it too can help both men and women be more real and honest about their sexual preferences and capabilities, leading to more pleasurable sexual experiences for all parties involved. Texture writes in, I've faked it before, and if there's enough lube going on, they don't know the difference. Well, there you go, right? There you go. Oi. <laughs> See? Men fake it too. And... Quite a few, 30%. All right, not as much as men. I was women, but nonetheless, they do. Another guy writes in, easy to fake it. All right, if you say so. Thank you all for tuning in. So appreciate you spending your precious time with me. Always love having you. Uh, thank you to Nicole Proano, our technical producer. Thanks to Linda Delisi, our passion researcher. You can connect with me uh, by, if you want to send me an email with a question or you want a question about therapy or you possibly want a private consultation, 
Contact me through my website, drlaurie.com, D-R-L-A-U-R-I-E.com, and there's a contact me form there that you can fill out. Remember that you can get all the past podcasts uh, of the show on the CJD page on the iHeartRadio app uh, or our show page, cjd.com, or through my website on the Passion Radio tab. Coming up next here on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a wonderful rest of the evening, a fabulous weekend. Stay safe and remember to live your life with passion.